Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 17. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host once again, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 17. So last night, that is the night before this episode was recorded, I played my first show with my new band, uh, which I think went pretty okay. If you're wondering why my voice is a little fucked up, it's because I was drinking last night and yeah, it just does a bit. A bit lower than usual. Also, if you can hear any weird noise in the background, it's because there are currently some roadworks happening outside my flat, which is why this episode is a little bit later than usual and going out is because I've been waiting for the sound to get quiet enough to record this opening monologue and yeah, it's not happening. So I thought, fuck it, I'll go under the covers because that's what I'm doing these days. I'm recording under my duvet. I'll go under the covers and I'll record and I'll see what happens. So, yeah, here we are. Any weird construction noises you can hear, I apologise for. Okay, so the last episode with Josh from Milk Teeth was quite short. And this one is also quite short. I know you guys like longer episodes and I enjoy longer episodes as well. But this one, I only had a limited amount of time in which to record this interview. So that's why it's so short. On this episode, I have Jim Adkins from Jim Eat World. Now, anyone that knows me or is maybe even the same age as me probably also has a bit of a soft spot for Jim Eat World. I'm not saying that's exclusive to everyone who's my age. Of course it's not. But it's possible, I think, that Weed American or Clarity or Chase This Light or Futures were all kind of important records. And when we were growing up, they were kind of ever-present. I mean, they have sold millions of records, so they are a pretty big fucking deal. So yeah, it was a total honour to chat to Jim because his band are really important to me and it was just great to sit down and talk to him about his creativity and his passion. He's a very softly spoken guy. He's also a very reserved guy, which is fine, you know. But you should know that going into the interview. I had a lot of fun doing this interview. It was before he played his first ever solo show in Glasgow in a place called Cotier's Theatre. It's a fucking great show and there'll be a review of that kicking about online in the coming weeks, I would imagine, from myself whenever I can just be bored to, you know, sit down and punch out some thoughts on a keyboard. It's much, much easier to 
talk into a microphone than it is to, to write. Even though I am a writer, obviously it's much easier for me just to talk for like five minutes. So what you see is what you get, or sorry, what you hear is what you get, I suppose. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy this interview. Before we begin, I'm going to open with a song from his, well, he just released a bunch of seven-inch singles, and then they were then compiled into an EP, which was released on iTunes. So this is a title track of that small EP, and it's called I Will Go. Jim, it's it's a total fucking honour, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks. Um, so I, let's just jump right in, I guess. Um, as I'm pretty sure every interviewer has said to you so far, this is your first ever solo tour. But my first question really is, like, um, being a band is kind of like being a gang, and you spent a lot of time on the road over the course of your life. Did you have any reservations about heading out on your own, under your own name, with your own songs? Um, well, we always knew that this year would be um, kind of a, a break for the band, and I didn't know exactly what this would be for me. Uh, when it started out, I just kind of just opened myself up to you know any sort of possibility that might be, whether it's like producing or solo material or collaborating or you know moving, starting a hot yoga camp in the middle of nowhere. I didn't know exactly what it would be. And it just kind of turned into this. It just slowly morphed into um, 
Yeah, never mind the cases of pyro rolling around. It just slowly morphed into this thing where I'm doing solo material in a, an acoustic show. So it, it just kind of came about naturally, you know. I just, it's just the consequence of, of uh, one thing after another leading me to here. Has it, has it been daunting doing a whole tour? A whole, it's more than one tour really put together, isn't it? So, has yeah. it been good daunting being on the road like as one guy on your own? It's a bit terrifying, but that's that's you know rewarding. The challenge is is a reward. It feels really good when you're done. <laughs> It feels so good when you're done. You want to you want to scare yourself again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should tell you what this podcast's about. It's about creativity and passion. So it's not just about what is Jim's origin story. It's, it's kind of more about um, that whole creative mind, I guess. Sure. Passion is definitely something your music has, which I'll come back to in a bit. But um, I want to know: Can you remember the point when you first? Decided, or when you first kind of went from being a music fan to someone that wanted to create music, um, you know, it's sort of it, it, this. This sort of came at the same time. Like I, I was taking uh, piano lessons at a young age, and I, oh, thanks, I was taking guitar lessons at a young age. So it kind of all sort of came at once. Did you? When did you realize that writing songs was an avenue that you wanted to explore, like properly, not just messing about on guitar, but this is going to be what I'm doing with my life. I'm I'm only now barely coming to that realization that I've I've found myself doing this with my life. <laughs> it's always been something that was kind of just for fun and it felt like I was really getting away with something by being able to do it and continue to do it. This is like your career now, this is your job, more or less, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean twenty one years on the force. <laughs> yeah. I mean you're quite productive, so where does that drive to, to keep writing and just keep at it come from? You know, I I guess just maybe by trying to change things up everyone you know by continually challenging yourself i think it's easy to fall into a rut of um your strengths or what you feel is your strength when you explore them and you have to try to branch out of that like all the time or things are going to feel not so rewarding and then you're going to stop so I guess just by trying trying new things, trying to go new places, trying to, you know, just challenge yourself in different ways. That makes it all exciting and, you know, keeps you wanting to do more. Do you find that, well, I guess, is writing music something you've ever, like, that you still actively think about? Or is it just something you now do as, like, a second nature almost? You know, there's no rules to how, uh, how an idea becomes into a song it could happen like i could sit down and say okay i'm just gonna mess around for a little bit right now or i'm gonna try writing something right now or it could just be an accident you know there's no yeah there's no real set way that it goes down so you don't you never really think of it as work or anything like that then it's just something that when it comes it comes no i'll make you know i'll make time for it i think you do you know, it's 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 use it or lose it. I mean, so you have to. Not everything you do is going to be great, but you kind of do have to keep working. Otherwise, you're not going to have your chops up. And then, when you are faced with an opportunity to to work, or you know, you're just not going to be able to kind of connect connect the dots as well. 
So it's important to keep up on it, even even if you don't want to. And you you know make something crappy. It's okay. You have the satisfaction of only you ever hearing it. You know, it doesn't have to be something that that you put your stamp on and show the world. I guess practice like all the most prolific people, prolific people even. it is like you say you, you just keep using the muscle because you have to you've got to keep it you know in check otherwise it just vanishes and sometimes too you never know where an idea later you might cannibalize something that didn't work before so you never know when when an idea is going to turn into the right thing for the right part later on yeah, a lot of people a lot of people seem to think that creativity well, it's a very commonly held thing really that creativity and art comes from pain which I'm not entirely sure if that's true. Do you have any thoughts on, on is that like is that something that you think about or is it something that you've ever considered or is it just like naturally this is kind of who I am? Well, I think there's some merit in um the idea of adversity teaching you something. And in that self-growth becomes inspiration. So I guess pain kind of can be a a driving force in that way, but I don't work very well when I'm a miserable wreck, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's kind of the gathering stage. I think once you have your shit together, then it becomes like the, the working stage. Cause I'm a, I would probably call myself like quite a creative person as well. And I was recently talking to Jeff and Chris from the band Modern Life is War. I don't know if you've heard them, they're a hardcore band. And, um, Obviously, Jimmy World are, in essence, and also really have been a punk band, um, and I've noticed that of the punks that we speak to, people like us, we're totally obsessed with music, you know, we're just obsessed by listening to stuff. Um, Do you, like, we always, I guess we're always obsessed with trying music and trying new things and seeing where they go, so, I mean, do do you see it as being, like, an obsession to be a songwriter? Um... Yeah, definitely. It definitely fills a, a void in my life that nothing else really does. Um, and I've been doing, I've been involved in music so long now that it's it's like um, it's very easy to translate that that kind of raw um, uh, idea to something visualized state. You know, there's not much else I do that that is that I think I can connect those dots. Like in 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 that way, so yeah, I'm pretty obsessed. Have you? Did you ever? Th- was there ever another creator in, in in mind? Well, there must be another creator in mind before Demi World became, you know, the thing that is the the really big thing that it is. Yeah, I was always messing around. I mean, I was playing guitar and and jamming with people, and um, you know, I went to I went to school for for music and photography, so I was always trying to do something, I guess, creatively. Or even, or even not creatively, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't imagine in my life being a band for 21 years and being on the road and, and writing records. It's just, it seems so alien to me. Um, I guess you're quite fortunate in that sense that you get to do that as, as a thing that is, is you. That's what a lot of people want to do, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. And the longer we get to do this, it's like the, the, the more, the easier it is to appreciate the smaller things that come your way with it. I mean, it's a huge deal. It's, I mean, none of us... None of us had any illusions that we'd be, you know, successful. It was always just something fun, and it just kind of turned into that. 
one thing that's always struck me about your music is there's like a real earnestness to it. Um, and the emotional power of it is probably far more genuine than pretty much most bands I can think of. Um, where, where does that come from in, in like your sort of songwriting? Well, I think if you're, um, if you're honest with yourself about what's, about what you're interested in and what you're doing, um, you know, I think that that people get that. I mean, they might not agree with you, they might not like it, but I mean, the people that get it were, you know, are going to come along the ride with you. Um, and as long as you continue to do that, I think like it's 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 as long as you satisfy that that kind of uh, that. Uh, sort of moral parameter with yourself this to be honest with what you're with what you find rewarding then i think the people that the, the people that, that that find something in that or it's it's going to be like an honest connection it's gonna be a good connection and it and it, it sticks you know and I, it, that's just kind of the way we've rolled this whole time and it's it it, it wasn't intentional um well, it was intentional to, to to do that, but I mean, the the um, it wasn't like a uh, a um, an agenda for success. You know, it's just that 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 the the amount of people that have come along with us has been just uh, I don't know a, 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 a something out of our control. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Will you just across the street Looks a mile to my feet I want to go to I always be that everything goes 
Just thinking there, um, one of the songs that I ever put in a mixtape for a girl, first ever time, was a song called Jen from from Futures. Oh, yeah, because yeah. my girlfriend's called Jen. That's because I'm creative, obviously. <laughs> um, but sometimes when things times are hard, you just can't listen to that song. Does there ever any songs that you guys that you play that, that you or that you think about playing that you can't play anymore because of the circumstances that surrounded them when you wrote them, or the way they make you feel now? Or they maybe don't relate to who you are anymore? Um, I don't know. I go back and forth on playing Hear You Me sometimes. It's cool. It's cool because it's... A lot of people have kind of responded to that. But it's also kind of difficult to play because of the way people have responded to it. You know, like, ever it's, it's been at a lot of funerals and... Uh, you know, it's been a lot. It's been soundtrack to people's grieving, and it's it's kind of it's a really heavy experience. Yeah. How how did you react as a songwriter to the afterlife your songs have? You, obviously, you've got no control over that. And yeah, it's not really something you you, you plan or think yeah. about. Does it unsettle you or anything, or do you find it weird that someone has inferred something into songs that you've written that wasn't really there, or is that like an honor, or how how, is that, how do you generally? Sort of react to that. It's it, it, you know, it's an honor that anybody gives a shit about anything you do. So it's it's kind of, and that's the whole point of it: that people build their own associations with what you're doing. Um, 
I mean, that's how music becomes special to people, is that you build your own associations with it. And if, if someone's taking their time to do that with what we are working on, then that's just a huge compliment. So as I'm sitting here across from you, I'm, I'm quite starstruck. Um, so can you... Uh, uh, this, this is not even on my questions list, it's just something that's occurred to me right now. When was the last time that happened to you? Um... Oh, man. You know, uh, I got to see the the Foo Fighters play at uh, RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C. for their 20th anniversary thing. And, like, seeing, seeing Hart play alone in, in a stadium, like, it was just chills. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, that was, an, that was an, a an insane experience did you, get, did you get to meet them as well no I didn't get to meet them do you think you would have wanted to meet them if you could have uh, yeah sure I, you know, I saw them walking around but I, I didn't want to be that guy Yeah. see that's the thing about this podcast I keep feeling like I'm being that guy <laughs> that's a good name for the podcast I'm that guy <laughs> hello I am that guy and this is this is that guy <laughs> yeah that's good um, one thing I was wondering is now that you're playing songs yourself has has the view has the way that you've viewed some of the Jimmy World songs changed now that you're playing your touring as Jim Atkins solo? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's just it's all a unique experience. Every time you get on stage to perform, whether it's with the band or by yourself, you know, you got to set your expectation meter to zero and just kind of see where it goes. So there's, there's, do you still get the fear after all this time then? Yeah. A little bit, you know. I mean, it's. I wouldn't say fear, but it's just. It's just kind of like an excitement of like, where the hell is this going? <laughs> Let's find out. Yeah. It must be like, it must be cool to have that. Like, it could really go badly, but you just need to roll with the punches. Whatever happens, happens. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's another thing that resonates with people too. Um, you know, I just get. You know, you see, you see people on stage just freaking out for kind of no reason but maybe like I don't know their guitar cable like keeps shorting out or um, or you know a, a light on stage isn't functioning properly and, and you know I, I understand you know like in your head you can feel like the, this show is just tanking like ugh. but I mean you're the only one that really notices it most of the time and I think if you just kind of roll with it no one else will either in fact, if you do, you know, if you just play it off, if you acknowledge it and say, you know, oh, well, it usually goes over, like, pretty well. I think people, you know, people 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 can empathize with public speaking and adversity. So, you know, it's, if you're if you're rolling with it, 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 it kind of works better. I just, as I'm sitting here, as I walked in, and obviously I didn't notice you sitting, like, probably about 15 feet away, and... I was just, it made me wonder, like, how, over the 21 years, I guess, you've been a band, you guys have done, you guys have sold a lot of fucking records, man, like, has it been hard to stay humble and, like, just, just, just so unassuming in a good way? I don't, I hope that's not offensive, um, but... Well, you know, there's a lot of people that have sold a lot of records that, like, uh, are are pretty miserable miserable in their lives right now, so it's it's not any kind of a barometer for success, I think. Yeah. Um, and there's people that have never sold a record in their life that are completely happy. So it's it, it it's not really 
if you're placing your personal level, your personal happiness on expectations from other people, you're going to, I mean, that's just setting yourself up for disaster. I'm just kind of wondering how, how you stay so grounded after all, after all this time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know, the same thing anybody does. You just kind of just spend more time focusing on what you have rather than what you don't have and you're going to find that you have a lot. Yeah. That's a, I think a lot of people, even people that, like you say, haven't sold millions of records, like, they often focus on what they don't have and it kind of drives them insane. You know, I sure. think it's a good philosophy you have in life. Yeah, sure. Um, so, to talk about the solo stuff, um, I've been reading some interviews because I do my research and uh, in some interviews you've discussed how, like, doing your single series is kind of a reaction to the way music is consumed now. Um, so on a track-by-track basis as opposed to an album at a time. Yeah, it's just kind of an experiment to see what happens when I release more things um, in less quantities, you know, but on a, but, but more often. Can you remember, what, what made you start thinking about doing that way? Um, well, in part, in, in, in part, just, uh, just, you know, it's the Wild West out there now. You can do whatever you want. And you see people like Kanye putting out a single, or Rihanna putting out a single. You know, like, is there an album? No, I don't know. But here's a song, or Beck putting out a single. You know, it's like, yeah. you can do that. And it, it, I, I guess I'm fortunate because I have a catalog of of a lot of material. Like, it, it might be different if 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 I was trying to establish myself like in the sea of of what's out there now, but. Um, uh, you know, for me, it's like I don't, I didn't necessarily need an album worth of material to do like a, a gig like this by myself. Um, it's almost kind of like you had a yearning just to put something out and just say, "Well, I've got this and I like it, so hopefully other people are going to like it as well." Here, just have it, sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. You know, let's yeah, let's just see how this goes because it's fun. Is that is that something you think you'll take forward when you go back into Meet Worlds? You, do you think you guys will do another album or do you think it will be singles or EPs or obviously it's a hard thing to say but yeah. what's your inclination if, as I mentioned it now it just depends on the material you know if we end up with um, probably get back and start writing stuff with them in November you know end of the year and it, it just depends on the material what how, how it happens or how we release things um, I don't know it's been cool doing this it might make it might make more sense for Jimmy World to do an album but I don't know. A lot of people that I know are, are even askew in the album. They're like, everybody's listening to singles and EPs, so we're, we've got an album worth of material, but why bother? It's a lot to ask people, like, hey, man, check out my album. <laughs> you know, like, seriously, take an hour out of your day, just check out my album. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a lot to ask people, but, you know, here's a two-and-a-half-minute song. It's like, okay, I can do that. Um, it's kind of weird, because, like, for a long time, the record, the record industry has been trying to limit the output of bands for the whole 18-month tour cycle album, 18-month tour cycle album. But, like, you've you've been in the industry for so long, you've seen so much change. So, I mean, I guess you just can't answer the question I was going to ask you. It's like, there's been so much doom, like, around, oh, the music industry is dying and stuff like that, and people are freaking out about royalties. Is that something that occurs to you when you put out the singles, or is it just kind of, like, a, a more creative thing to go... I don't fucking care. I'll just fucking put this out and see what happens. Yeah, the latter. Um, I guess it's just about trying to get most. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know. Like I think like the why 
why some avenues are viewed as exposure and some are viewed as like uh, a, a potential money making revenue stream. Um, it's like, uh, man, in the old major label model, the amount of money people would spend on the exposure you can have on YouTube now for free. It's kind of, I mean, this is sort of what they were fighting for in a way, but then they have no control over it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So I guess this, the songs that I was, that you have on the solo EP is they've got a really interesting sort of fifty sixties vibe, like very very short songs. And it occurs to me that that's actually kind of similar to the way the way that music is now with a single thing is kind of similar to the way it was back then as well. Yeah. It's like artists were just releasing singles, and the album was like, well, we'll put the, well, the album will come out when we've got a collection of great singles, you know. Um, so that sort of vibe is. Like the the whole fifties, sixties pop vibe. What made you want to sort of explore that path? Was that always something that was there, or did you just think I'm going to try something a bit different? Or uh, a little bit of both. You know, I've always liked that the fifties, sixties kind of model of pop music, really tight, concise songs with, uh, you know, where the 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 construction of your song is kind of more uh, compound than than what a lot of modern pop is. You know, like it's. Um, you know things are things are sort of way less developed, but it didn't feel incomplete. So it's just kind of an attempt at shooting for that and see where it where it goes. Well, it's, it's turned out pretty well so far, man. Um, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, um, is there anything else you want to say or anything you want to ask me before we wrap up? No, man. It's just uh, yeah. Thanks a lot for your interest in my music. Thank you very much for yeah. taking time to talk to me about my interest in your music. That's great. And that was Jim Adkins from Jim Eat World. He's a really, really nice guy. I think you get a sense of that in the interview. And I enjoyed talking to him. It was a total pleasure. It was an absolute honour, to be honest. It was kind of starstruck. I never usually get starstruck. But I guess there's always that. There's always that worry that the person you talk to is going to turn out to be, you know, a bit of a twat sometimes, you know, especially if it's somebody you hold in high regards. I'm happy to say that Jim did not turn out like that. He is a very nice guy and I'm very, very happy that I had the chance to talk to him. So yeah, thanks for listening. If you could pop on over to the iTunes, the old iTunes, and drop me a rating or review, that'd be great. You know, I'm now hitting that stage which all podcasts hit where, you know, it's starting to stagnate a little bit. I was at the New Media Europe conference in Manchester last week there and it was really good and I met some really awesome people including the guy Ollie, who won an award for his great podcast called the Classic Rock and Metal Podcast. So if you could check that out, in fact, I recommend you check that out. So please, please do that. He's an awesome guy. But yeah, every podcast at some point reaches a sort of place where things stagnate for a bit. The constant weekly evergreen content is great, and that's what I'm trying to do. But you need to try and bring in new listeners and sometimes that's hard, especially when people who are, who are in the bands that you talk to don't really share this content online, which is fine. I know a lot of bands, particularly older bands, are not keen on doing that and that's totally cool, but it does make it a bit difficult sometimes. So please, if you can, share this podcast with all your friends and if you could, leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated. I'm going to play you out now with... A song from the 7-inch collection that Jim Jim put out. 
On that 7-inch collection there's also three covers And this is one of them It's a classic song It's a good take on a classic song And this is called Girls Just Wanna Have Fun Until next time Bye bye I come home In the morning light My mother says When you're gonna live your life right Oh mama dear We're not unfortunate ones But girls They wanna have fun Girls just wanna have The phone rings What you gonna do with your life? Oh, daddy dear, you know you're still number one. But girls, they wanna have fun. Oh, girls just wanna have. It's all they really want. Really?